It's good to be back with you. Most of you probably don't remember, but it's been a year. And uh, those of you that weren't in Sabbath school this morning missed out on something very special. And it reminded me of a story. My wife and I had the privilege of being invited to go and live in Ivory Coast for a little while. Cote d'Ivoire. And we had flown all day long, arrived there in the evening. And you know, after you've been flying all day, you're rather worn out. And so it was with great anticipation that we went to bed hoping for a good night's sleep. But as we were going to sleep, we could hear automatic gunfire not too far away. We found out later that the presidential palace was just a little ways away and the guards uh, were preemptively letting people know that they were well armed. And that's what we went to sleep with. It's the sound of gunfire. And we're blissfully unaware of anything and all of a sudden, kaboom! We both sat straight up in bed. And there's not a sound. Not one. And you know, the heart is going. After a few deep breaths, we laid back down. Still nothing. And finally, you drift off to sleep. The next morning we got up, had breakfast, got dressed, went out the front door to go to the division office to go to work. And right there in front of us, what do you think we saw? An avocado, about that big around, about that tall. And we looked up and yeah, there were lots more up in that tree, and they had, one of them had decided it was time to let loose, and we were sleeping under a tin roof. <laughs> yes, you see, we can have all sorts of thoughts running through our minds and not be what it really was. We rejoice that God gave us the opportunity to serve there uh, for about six months. We lived in Cote d'Ivoire, but I had a job of uh, commuting into Liberia, which is just next door. Uh, and many of you may know about Liberia. But the interesting thing to us is that it's surrounded by French-speaking countries, but it's the only English-speaking country in that part of Africa. 
And of course, they speak English more in the French way with a deep African brogue. And my wife would say at the end of a day, oh, if I could only put my ears on the sideboard and let them rest. Because you had to listen very, very carefully. And the interesting thing was that in my commute, I was carrying the equivalent of 20,000 U.S. dollars in Liberian currency. The highest denomination bill that the Liberians had printed was a $5 bill. So you can imagine what I was carrying in that case. $20,000 worth of $5 bills. And from the border to the capital Monrovia, we were stopped 34 different times with little boys with machine guns. Mm -hmm. You know what they were looking for? Yes, ma'am. Yes, money. And I had it sitting right beside me. And the Lord blessed, they never once asked to see what was in our trucks because they were emblazoned with ADRA. And they knew what ADRA stood for and what ADRA was doing. So we were very thankful for that. I wonder if there is a young person here who would come and help me. Nobody? Nobody? Oh, here, come on. It won't hurt you. You know what he's doing? Mimicking. He's mimicking. He's imitating. Thank you. <laughs> I want you to take your Bibles. And I don't care what translation you use. But I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians Chapter 4. I see a few people still turning there. And, and you know, these days we kind of cheat with our cell phones or our iPads, whatever, in that they give us the index and you just and you're there which is wonderful but I still like to turn here and, and I still like to mark the verses underline highlight and even write in the margins verse 16 therefore 
I exhort you, be imitators of me. Have you ever told your children, imitate me? (laughs) In fact, many of you may have actually said, don't do as I do, do as I say. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, my dad used to say that quite regularly. (sighs) And, and, you know, I'm sure many of you have read this before, but you've probably just passed over it and said, "Mm, imitate me. Do you like people imitating you? I I have to tell you a story that I'm really sad about. When we were very young in the ministry. One morning, my wife and I were having a discussion. Now, do you know what a discussion is? You know, I said something. She had a response. What goes next? Uh, Yeah, I respond, but you missed it. Come on. You you have. Well, what's the difference? (laughs) (laughs) You you see, in this kind of discussion, you have to. Make a point. So you raise your voice. Right? So what does she have to do? She has to raise the voice a little bit more. And, you know, a little bit more and a little bit more. And how do you stop something like that? Well, I was standing by the kitchen counter and I took my fist and I go, wham! And turned around and walked off. Went and got my suit on to go make some pastoral calls. (laughs) While I was out visiting the saints, Suzanne was home with Matthew. And he was in his room playing and mother wanted him. Matthew, come here. No. What does a mother do then? Raises her voice. But not just that. Matthew Lee Right? Middle name. He raised his voice. No. And so Matthew Lee Mitchell. (laughs) And what does Matthew do? You're absolutely right. He pounds his little fist. No! And you know what mother did. 
He got what daddy should have gotten. (sighs) Children are great imitators. Do you know why? Anybody know why? Pardon? They're always watching. Those are both right. But there's a law. You are created with a law built into you that you cannot ignore. So remember that, young lady. You can't ignore it. And that law is we imitate those we admire. We imitate those we admire. Matthew had been standing right close watching all of that discussion. We imitate those we admire. Now, Some of you in your translation may not have said imitate, but I'll tell you that in the Greek, Paul uses the word imitate. And in many of your Bibles, if you go to the margin, you'll see there it says imitate. But, you know, if this was the only time Paul said imitate me, I'd be just a little bit suspicious But turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And we want to look at verse 9. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Three, I should say. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 9. Not because we do not have the right to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you may follow our example. Now, this is an interpretation of the Greek just like all of our Bibles are. And in my margin, it says, imitate us. But the translators wanted to make it read very well for us, so they said, follow our example. But what is a model? What is a model? Okay, it's something that you're going to follow to recreate something. It's a pattern. And so you have to look at it very carefully. You have to refer to it often. Now, I'm assuming that there are many of you ladies 
know how to sew and have used the pattern over and over again. And yes, I've had the privilege of doing some sewing, and yes, it's a, a, a real challenge to follow that pattern so carefully. But why do you follow the pattern? You want it to turn out just like what the picture showed on the front of the pattern. What happens if you decide to change something? Doesn't work. Doesn't look the same. You know, my wife has a few recipes that she brings to fellowship lunch. And if you ask her for the recipe, she's going to say, no. Maybe say it very kindly, but the end result is no. And do you know why? Because most cooks can't resist changing the recipe. And then they come back to her and they say, It didn't taste the same. Of course not. If you add a little honey instead of the sugar, it's not going to taste the same. Might look the same, but it's not going to taste the same. So there's some recipes that just don't ask. Because you have to follow the model. But notice, Paul says, we offer ourselves to you as a model. Follow our example. Imitate us. Do the same thing that we do. He does it again. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Wow! He goes even further here. He says, look out around. Look for other people who are following the pattern. You know, you've always heard people say, well, don't look at me, look at Jesus. What's the law? What's the law we're talking about this morning? You've forgotten already? We imitate those we admire. Let's say it together. We imitate those we admire. That's a law of life. You cannot ignore it. It will happen whether you know it or not. I've talked to many of people that say as they were growing up, they said, well, I'll never do that, that mom or dad did. 
And years later, they're saying, guess what? I did it. I did it. I said I'd never do it, but I did it. Because we imitate those we admire. And it's very natural for children to admire their parents because that's who they look up to while they're growing. That a baby starts out looking up at mom's face and dad's face. Yes, my wife just reminded me that, you know, when you, you go and you look at a very young baby and you stick out your lip, you know what's going to happen. They're going to do the same thing. It just, it's a law that's built into us that we imitate those we admire. But he says, look at, look for others who are following our example. And turn over another chapter, chapter 4 and verse 9. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Practice them. Practice them. What happens when we practice something? We get pretty good at it. Yeah. And it becomes a habit. A part of our life. And I'm happy to report to you that there's an imitation that I do that I'm not ashamed of. And you see the smile on my face. You see, I worked with a pastor when I first started ministry who was always welcomed in people's homes as he visited. And he always had a smile on his face. He always did. And it was just a natural part of his life. And I didn't realize it until some years later that I was imitating him. Now, of course, I'm kind of lazy and I uh, prefer to do a little less work than frowning takes too many muscles. And uh, so smiling's much easier. But practice these things. It becomes a habit. Back to 1 Corinthians. Chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is the key to it here. Paul brings it together for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Be imitators of me just as I am of Christ. You see, he admired Jesus 
And so he began to imitate him. And this is amazing. This is a wonderful story for us. Here is a man who hated Jesus with all of his heart. And then when he met Jesus, he fell in love. And he began to imitate. I don't know if you've noticed that couples as they grow older, they sometimes begin to look a little more like each other. They spend so much time admiring each other. It's only natural. We imitate those we admire. Children, when they would come to Jesus and when he was teaching on the seaside or in the mountain, they'd go home with mom and dad. And they'd tell about what they saw. And they would imitate Jesus down to the very intonation of their words in telling their friends about what Jesus had said. They admired him. And they imitated him. And so the question that I have to ask today Who do you admire? It's really that simple. You know, sometimes we try, we we preachers sometimes, try to make things a little more complicated than they are. Sometimes, you know, as a church, we have all these doctrines and rules and everything. But I simply ask, who do we admire? If we can teach our children to admire Jesus, what's going to happen? They're going to imitate him. Who do we spend time with? You know, in, in order to do your pattern or your recipe, you have to spend some time with it. Who do we spend our time with? If we're going to imitate something, you know, I do a little bit of woodworking occasionally. And I get an idea from seeing something that's been created by somebody else. And I want to reproduce it. Well, I have to study it pretty carefully. And then I have to go and try and compare. Compare. But it takes time. It takes time. And so... You know, if I'm going to be an imitator of Paul as he imitated Jesus, 
it seems to me I'm going to have to spend some time looking at Jesus. And you know, (laughs) I hear people wanting to share a book called The Great Controversy with Everybody. But I hope that's the last book that you share. Yeah, don't frown too much, because the first book you should share is Desire of Ages. Yeah, I want people to fall in love with Jesus. (laughs) You see, I studied with a lady, well, it was a Roman Catholic family that came to church one Sabbath. They all came in Sabbath clothes. They looked like Seventh-day Adventists. But they didn't quite have that feeling about them. They came and sat in Sabbath school. And we already had a whole bunch of people coming to our house for Sabbath lunch. And so I slipped over to my wife and I said, can we invite this family? It's four more. Ah, sure. So I slipped into the pew and invited them. He looks at her. She looks at him. Back and forth. And finally he says, yes. They came. After lunch, we're sitting around in the living room and talking. And she's asking questions. Doctrinal type of questions. And I said, well, you know. Uh, Tuesday evening, I, I could stop by and we could start some Bible studies and we'll answer all those questions. And she said, okay. So I did. And when I would arrive, she'd have a legal notepad with questions, usually two pages worth of questions. But I rarely had to answer any of them because she had already figured the answer out. Oh, it was some very easy studies that I did. Well, it came time for baptism. And as my habit was, I would visit just before, during the week before their baptism. And she says, well, Pastor, you know, we've invited all these folk to come for lunch, and this is what I'm making. And, you know, sounds good, real good. And then she says, and you know, I have this dessert, this cake that I make. And when it's baked, I take and pour brandy all over it and light it. My heart sank. I said, dear sister, you know, we've studied about the use of alcohol. Oh, yeah, but, you know, we, we burn it all off. Then no problem. I just looked at her and I said, dear sister, if the Holy Spirit tells you to pour brandy on there, 
Make sure you pour a lot on. Really douse it. But, if the Holy Spirit tells you, don't you dare. Don't dare. And I left it at that. And I forgot about it. Sabbath lunch, we had a fabulous meal. The dear sister went into the kitchen, came back out with the cake. And she has this biggest smile on her face. And she said, Pastor, there's no alcohol. (laughs) You see, I learned a lesson. When we admire somebody, we imitate them. We don't have to hit somebody over the head with some doctrine because if they love Jesus, they're going to follow him. They're going to imitate him. So today, you have to answer one question and only one. Who do you admire? Oh, loving Father, thank you for giving us a pattern, a beautiful pattern, and help us to admire him more than anything else. In Jesus' name, amen.